Hey friend, are you struggling to find consistent paid speaking gigs? Do you want to know the exact six steps that you can take to find and book more paid speaking opportunities in 2024? Well, we want to make that easy for you. We've created a new free resource with the help of Dan Irvin, one of our highly successful speakers on our team. Dan has booked over $100,000 in paid speaking gigs in the last few years, and his six-step process is going to help you maximize your chances of getting booked and paid to speak in any industry. You're going to learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, and proposal emails and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're going to send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're going to get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening. You're awesome. What is up, my friend? Welcome back to the Speaker Lab Podcast. My name is Graham Baldwin. Good to have you here with us today. We are on episode 67. Yes, that is right, 67, right at the end of the month of May. Hope you're doing well and hope uh, as we venture into the summertime, summer, summer, summertime. What'd you think of that? That was pretty good. That wasn't too shabby. Man, I remember that song on my, my teenage days, probably even my childhood days, little Fresh Prince, Will Smith. Oh, it's a good song. Anyway, let's get into today. Today, we've got my buddy Chandler Bolt, who is joining us to teach us all about self-publishing. This guy knows a ton about it. He's done had a lot of success with it. Plus, on top of that, this guy is throwing one heck of an epic online summit teaching all about the world of self-publishing. And so this is actually a free event that's going to be coming up online where he is bringing together 40 of the top experts and speakers on the subject of self-publishing to teach all different elements and aspects of it, including yours truly. I have no idea how I made this this list, but I'm going to be a part of that teaching about how to use speaking to sell books. And so uh, really excited to be sharing that with you on the summit. So let me just pull up this list here of some of the, the names of people that are going to be there. You got people speaking like Barbara Corcoran from uh, Shark Tank. You have Gary Vaynerchuk, James Altucher, David Allen, Pat Flynn, Michael Hyatt, Perry Marshall, Hal Elrod. I mean, a lot of just like top name authors and speakers. And somehow I, I snuck my way into the party there. So anyway, it's going to be a lot of fun. Really excited about it. It's totally online. One of the best parts is, is that it is totally free. Yes, that's right. You did not hear me incorrectly. It is free, but you got to pre-register for it so you don't miss out on it. All right. And so here's how you can do that, you can go to the speaker lab, the speaker lab.com slash book. Again, that is the speaker lab.com slash book there. You can pre-register for that so that you do not miss out on that summit. Again, that's coming up really soon in just a couple of days in early June. So you want to go ahead and register for that, thespeakerlab.com slash book. And uh, that way you can also hear me whenever I do some uh, some teaching on the uh, the summit. So it's going to be a lot of fun. So anyway, let's get into it. Here's uh, my chit-chat, my conversation, my uh, chit-chat chatteroo with my buddy Chandler Bolt. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, my friends? Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. Today we are joined by my good-looking friend, Chandler Bolt. You can't see him, but just trust me, he's beautiful. What's up, buddy? How are you today? I'm fantastic, man. Great to be here. Well, you are the founder, the creator of Self Publishing School. You uh, are really good about understanding the self-publishing game. And I think for a lot of speakers, they're interested in, in creating a book and having a book, but we have no idea how to get started or what to do. And this whole idea of 
publishing just seems mysterious. So first of all, let's kind of talk about this. Let's give some context to who you are, what you do. Why don't you give us a snapshot of your, of your business, what it is that you do, and kind of how you got into learning about and teaching the land of self-publishing. I got into it first. We run a company called Self-Publishing School. We teach people how to write, market, and publish their first book in 90 days. So it's pretty fast-paced. And then we teach people how to use that book and, and leverage it to grow into something else, right? Speaking, coaching, consulting, uh, leads for your small business, whatever that might look like. And I was an unlikely writer when I first started. So I tripped and fell into writing my first book. I was English teacher's worst nightmares. I think they just like to write up my paper for, for the fun of it and just pass it back with a ton of red ink on it. I hated it. it. It wasn't fun at all. I hated writing. But then I wrote my first book and it took off. And then I wrote another one and it took off and then another one and another one. And, and now I'm what five books first, in. What were those first books you wrote? Yep. The first book was called The Productive Person. Then the second one was with my brother. It was a charity project called Breaking Out of a Broken System. And then we got a couple other books. Then we did Book Launch, which is probably one of the biggest ones I've done today. And then we're going to publish the sixth this fall. So that's how it got started. But like a lot of speakers, I'm sure can relate. It's like you feel much better about speaking than you do about writing. So it's this huge insecurity. And so I think I'm just proof of that, that you don't have to just be a speaker or you don't have to just be a writer to get a book out. You can take that next step. And I know a lot of people think it's kind of like the paradoxical chicken and the egg, right? It's like, which yep. comes first, my first speaking gig or my first book? Yep. And so I'm sure that's what we'll talk about today. Yeah, I get that question a lot from people. You know, I've got a self-published book and, and people ask, you know, did you have to have the book in order to get speaking gigs? Which you don't, you know, if you have it, great. And it can be icing on the cake and you can leverage a book in a lot of different ways to get speaking gigs and to build the business in other ways, you know, which you kind of alluded to there. So uh, let's talk about this. So if someone, if someone's listening to this going like, okay, I've got like a rough idea for a book, like where do I even go? Like the idea of staring at a blank screen and just beginning to even write something like I just I don't even know what to do so kind of talk us through that I too suffered from dreaded blank screen syndrome yeah. <laughs> you know where you want to just beat your head against the keyboard because you're just staring at the blank screen and you don't know, even know where to start so I talked to a mentor when I was writing my first book because I was really intimidated I was like this book's gonna suck I don't even know how I'm gonna finish this I can't even write like a three-page paper so I'm not really sure how this whole book thing is going to work out. And so I said, you've written a book. Why don't you tell me how you did it? And he kind of broke it out. And, and this, is, this became the basis of what we teach. Which is a, it's a pretty simple three-step writing process. Now, it's going to sound so simple that you've probably heard it in the past or you've heard some modification of it, maybe even from a high school English teacher. Uh, but I can tell you that it works. Uh, and it's worked for a ton of our students and it's worked for me. So I know it'll work for you. So I'll just kind of outline it here. So the first step is the mind map. Uh, that's really a brain dump. So that's getting a blank sheet of paper, listing out your idea for a book in the middle, then everything that you can think of. So every story, every experience that you've had, book that you've read, thing that you might want to share, just go, 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 go. Nothing's off limits. It's going to be messy. It's going to get, you know, there's going to be a lot on the paper, but right. just keep going with it. So take 30 minutes and do that. Then use that mind map and start to group ideas into sections, right? So you start to, to combine ideas and, and, and then you get these overarching sections, which will form the, the outline for your book. And then you break those sections down into chapters. And then the next thing you know, uh, you, you've got an outline. It's a simple roadmap that you can follow. 
Uh, and now you're all of a sudden not staring at a blank page, but you're moving into step three, which is writing the book. And, and this can even mean speaking, by the way. So you can, you can, you can speak the book and, and there's a lot of ways to do that. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, even as you're talking about, that's a, a lot of the same process that we teach for creating a talk, you know, and this is why mm-hmm. I think this works so well, whether it's, okay, I have this idea for a book or I have an idea for a talk. Now what? And one of the first things you have to do is just like everything that's just swimming in your head related to that topic, like just mentally brain dump that out. And then you can start to see how some of the pieces fit together so that you're not just working from a a blank screen there, but you've got something to go off of. So once we kind of have that outline down, or actually, I guess once we kind of have just some, you know, the the mind map, and then we've kind of organized it into a a possible outline, how do we know, like, even within the outline, like what should come first, what should come next? Like any thoughts on that, how to structure it? Yeah, so that's a little bit different person to person. Michael Port's actually got some really good stuff about this on how he crafts speeches and then also how he crafts books. We talked about, I did a summit last year and we talked about that and and it just, it blew my mind. I loved it. There's different kind of structures that you can fit in, but at the end of the day, everyone just has their own, right? So it's, I like to start with the introduction, then you go into some sort of story that kind of sets the scene. Then you move into teaching points and then there's all kinds of ways you can do it within that, right? You can do teaching point example story within a chapter, you can kind of layer those on top of each other. But at the end of the day, what I do is I take that mind map and I look at it and I kind of zoom out a little bit and just like map the whole thing out, right? So that kind of shows you all the sections that you're working with. And then you've got a roadmap for the chapters that you have to write. Gotcha. Gotcha. Having something to go off of. uh, I know for me, whenever I wrote my book that before I wrote it. One of the first things I did was, and it's broken into like 50 short chapters, like three, four page chapters. But first, like just having a list of what those chapters are, organizing it. And then it made it a, a ton simpler of instead of staring at a blank screen, I'm going, okay, I know that each chapter is going to be, you know, you know, a thousand or so words. I've got 50 different things to choose from. Let's kind of bounce around and figure out what I'm interested in and what I, makes sense to write about today. But it just mm-hmm. made so much. It made it so much simpler to have something to go off of again, rather than, than staring at the blank screen. So, as we're starting to put the book together, hey, start, qu- yeah, quick and quick and I, I love that you said that, and I forgot one super important piece, which is I repeat this process every single chapter. So Got you have your chapter sure. idea, and then I'll I'll spend ten minutes mind mapping. I'll spend ten minutes turning that into an outline, and then I'll spend an hour writing or some equivalent of time. And this is actually how me and my brother wrote our first book in a week. And we started, and when you start, it's going to feel really rough. So it was like 12 minutes mind mapping, 12 minutes outlining, then an hour and a half writing. And then it worked it down to 10 minutes, 10 minutes, and an hour. And then we worked it you know, even shorter. And so you just keep going. But that sparks all the ideas, and the same thing happens chapter by chapter. So now that you're like, oh, great, well, I have this outline. Now I'm staring at a blank page in this chapter which is a little bit different than in the book, a little less intimidating, but still intimidating, right? right. So now you're able to break it down. And, and each time you start the mind map process, your brain starts to fire and all these things come up so that by the time you start writing your first words of the chapter, you've already got a ton of momentum and your brain's firing. Because I don't know about you, but I'm kind of a momentum writer. Yeah. So if I get going, that's, that's when it really starts. Yeah, it starts. Uh, and and we can actually talk about a cool little like voice to text kind of thing that I use later, but that really helps to get things Let's going. Let's talk about it now. What is it? So a lot of people have probably heard of recording your book, right? You sure. can 
use rev.com they do subscript or they do uh, audio transcription for a dollar a minute or actually there's a the, rev.com yep rev.com or the rev app so you can actually just record it into your phone on the way to work uh, send it into rev they'll they'll transcribe it it's an actual person so it's not automated which means the quality is higher it's a dollar per minute of audio and they'll turn it around in 24 to 48 hours okay. but then there's a lot of other services now like voice to text is getting a lot better I know that Google Docs, they just came out with that, and I was testing it out myself, and then, which, you know, Southern accent, and then also with a friend from Scotland, and, and they even understood him, which I was, <laughs> I was really, really impressed. We just lost but, our entire Scottish contingent. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, with the accents, like a lot of times, whether it's an Aussie accent, Scottish accent, right. like voice to text is just a nightmare. Right. It actually works pretty well, but that's one route. But there's a, you know, that's definitely one way, right? You can do the mind map and outline and speak the book and then have it transcribed and then form that into a chapter. But what I like and the tactic that I was just talking about is I like actually recording it and then transcribing it myself. And you may think, oh my gosh, that's so stupid. Why would you do that? You can just pay someone to do that. Well, I'll tell you why. Because back to the momentum thing. So it takes a little while, but I'm transcribing it myself. And what will happen is as I get in there, my fingers are moving on the keyboard, right? So it's right. tricking my brain into thinking, man, I am killing it right now. Yeah. So many words, like I'm on fire. And then what will happen is it'll spark a thought. And I'll think, oh man, I forgot to say this in the recording. I better write about this real quick. And I'll go off for a couple paragraphs. Right. And I'll come back and then I'll go off. Like the first time I tried this, I wrote 1,500 words in an hour. It was amazing. And so it just works from there. And I found that that really sparks ideas and gets momentum flowing. Yeah. And it gives you, like you said, it's kind of like the, almost like that muscle memory, you know, of you're just getting into that pattern, you're getting into that rhythm there and just getting into the, the routine. And so even whenever you're recording yourself talking about it, it's not necessarily like, like you thinking in these complete sentences or complete thoughts, but sometimes it's just like, just spitballing about it, yeah. you know, of just kind of kicking around some ideas. But then, like you said, as you're kind of typing it out, you can not only clean it up, but you can be like, you know what, you know, this makes sense if it goes here and I can kind of move some stuff around and you've got some, some flexibility there. So that, that makes total sense. I like that. You got another one? Yeah. I was just going to say the biggest mistake I see people make here is they just turn on the, the audio recorder and go. Yeah. And that's why I'm just want to really, really stress. Like it's important to do that. My map outline per chapter, because if you do that, I know it takes longer up front, but you're kind of going point by point through your outline, speaking it out. And now your chapters will have a coherent like flow to them. And so when you go, you're not just editing junk, right? Which I, I know I feel like a lot of people, they hear this and they're like, oh, awesome. Fire up the recorder. And then 30 minutes later, they're like, I don't know where I am and how I got here, but I am off on just some rant and I don't know how I'm going to take this back home. Right. And so that's, I think that, that it's important not to skip over those first prep steps. Gotcha. So we've kind of talked about the, like the writing process. I want to take a step back. One thing we didn't really touch on that I want to, I want to get to, uh, we'll talk about in just a second, you know, self-publishing versus publishing and the different options of the world and kind of go down that path. But let's take a step back. Like one thing we didn't really talk about was like, why do you even like, why should I have a book? Like that was something that like a lot of people, there's some people who like really, really want a book and like, that's just their life ambition. And then other people are just like, I don't know, like, I don't. Like I'm someone who like, I don't necessarily enjoy writing. Like it's something that I'm not mm -hmm. dying to write a book. You know, I've got one, but it's nothing that I've like, I'm itching to do another one or something. Or every time you publish a book, you always get the next. So like, what's the value, you know, if I'm a speaker, what's the value of, of writing a book? hundred percent. So I, I'm obviously biased, but I think it's the, the, the best thing that you can do for your business. 
and the best thing that you can do for your speaking career, especially if you want to raise your fees, if you want to get booked more, if you want to make more money off of your speeches through backroom book sales. And there's a lot of ways to use a book to fuel your speaking business. But the reality is a book is the new business card, right? And to even get in the door, whether it's a podcast, whether it's an organization, whether it's any number of, uh, whether it's getting booked at, at the organization that you want to get booked at, like any of those things, you don't necessarily need a book, but I mean, let's be honest, like you need a book. Like if you want to stand out from other people, having that angle and having something that, that you can kind of hang your hat on, that's your signature thing, uh, you're a lot more likely to get booked. And so not to mention all of the other benefits of selling back of the room sure. and all of those things. Sure. I mean, you definitely have the back of the room, the the additional revenue stream, but you also have, like you said, kind of the, the credibility factor. I, I remember you know, like one of the things that we teach our students is that a lot of times organizations, conferences, corporations, they're not just looking for a speaker. They're looking for an expert who happens to speak. And mm. a lot of times one of the best ways that you can position yourself as the expert is having a book. Uh, yes. on that subject or topic. So I would, I think, I think that's totally accurate, you know, especially when you're, when you're getting going. So let's fast forward for a second back to where we were about the, okay, I'm getting the book and starting to come together. Traditional publishing versus self-publishing. Give us pros and cons of both. Which path should we be headed down? Oh gosh. So we could talk about this for hours and this is, this is getting on my soapbox a little bit here. And obviously I'm biased because the name of my company is self-publishing school, but there's pros and cons. I would say for 99.99% of the population, going with a publisher doesn't make sense. It, it isn't an option, I would no, say. No, it's, yeah, it's not even an option. And even if it was an option, it's probably not a good one. You know how they say that banks only lend money to people who don't need it? Well, publishers only give publishing deals to people who don't need them. And to people who have massive audiences. That's a good analogy. <laughs> thanks. People who have massive audiences and can sell a ton of books. Yeah. And so really it only makes sense for the Gary Vaynerchuks and the John C. Maxwells of the world because they can negotiate one heck of a deal uh, when they go in there. And not only that, but they're looking more for raising their speaking gig to 50 grand or to, to hire. And then they're looking to go international. They're looking for New York Times and all that stuff. So the whole New York Times, that's a totally separate subject. I mean, they're, that's a pretty screwed up list and they're in bed with all the publishers and all that stuff. But me personally, I think for the majority of people, self-publishing is not only a option, it's the best option. And that's really like my personal mission through self-publishing school. I mean, our goal is to put the publishers out of business and to show people that self-publishing is the best option because it's kind of like the music industry, which my brother's in the music industry with a major record label, I won't say the name. And they're very similar. Publishers and record labels, they just screw over the artist and they've been taking advantage of the artists for, for decades now. And it's just such an antiquated system because people feel like, oh, I just get a publishing deal. I write my book, hand it over to them. They're going to market it. Next thing I know, I'll just be bringing in the mailbox money and here we go, right? But they do zero marketing for your book. Like It's still your job to market the book. So I'll spare you from the rest of that soapbox rant, but that's the gist of it. I'd say self-publishing especially with the advances that Amazon has made. And since over 70% of all books are sold on Amazon, uh, it just doesn't make sense to go with a publisher, I think. Yeah, and I would I would echo that. I would totally agree. I'd, I'd give you an amen on all of it because of what you said. And then also, you know, one of the nice things about being a speaker is that you have a built-in means to actually sell books. 
I've said several times before that that you know I've sold uh, over thirty thousand physical copies of our self-published book, and the reason is not because I had a book deal, not because I was on any shelf of Barnes and Noble. Never been in Barnes and Noble. Nobody would go to the store to buy Grant's book, but people bought the book because I spoke. The audience liked it, and people would line up to buy you know a copy for ten bucks or whatever you know. And so when you have that built-in system of I go speak and I've got a book that goes along with whatever it is that I just spoke about. It works out really, really well. Cause the challenge of speaking is like, you know, if you go up and you crush it for like 45 or 60 minutes, like there's just only so much you can cover. And realistically, unfortunately the audience will forget a large percentage of what you said, <laughs> but like with a book on any subject or topic, you can just go way more in depth. You can give a lot more examples, case studies, you know, exercises, et cetera, that people can take with them and allow the information to continue to, you know, kind of permeate them. And so that it, it, it makes an impact in their life, whether that's, you know, personally or in business or whatever that may be. But I would totally echo that, that ha- going the self-published route connected with being a speaker is like huge, 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 not only for like credibility, but also for, like you said, for, for revenue. I've seen that happen time and time again. I mean, you, Hal Elrod, tons of other speakers that go the self-published route and they can package the books in with speeches. They can sell the back of the room, like, tens and tens of thousands of copies. And the best part is you're keeping 60, 70% of the royalties, which is amazing. Yeah. And I can, I mean, I can give you some hard numbers. Like even for us, uh, we got to a point where we've been able to print a book for about a dollar per book. So if I'm selling a book for 10 bucks, I'm keeping nine of it. And you can do the math that if we've sold 30,000 copies at 10 bucks a pop, you know, that's over a quarter million dollars in revenue from a book that I'm keeping, you know, like 90% of. Whereas if it was, if I was working with a publisher, it would be the opposite. I would keep 10%. If that, they would be getting 90%. And so it's just a, a totally, totally different ballgame. So if we're hopefully all on the same page that self-publishing makes a crap load more sense for a variety of different reasons, and I'm working on my book, I'm getting near the finish line, and now I go from how do I get it off my computer and into something that's like physical that I can actually touch and hold? Like, where do I begin? What are my options from there? Yeah, so there's a, a lot of different options for moving from that. Now, obviously, you're going to do have to do some basic things, right? You're going to have to get a cover. You're going to have to get a back cover. You're going to have to get the book formatted, a lot of things like that. Should Those, I do that myself? Should I hire that? Like, what, mm, like what are my options there? Great question. Uh, Upwork is a fantastic resource for that. Upwork.com. Like, yeah, Upwork.com. And, and you can find a lot. And actually, in my book, Book Launch, I go through like templates on how to like reach out to people and make sure that they're good, whether it's an editor, book cover, or any of that stuff. So those are some of the those are some of the best ways that we found people. I mean, what we do is we just have like a list of all of our best people in our program, and that's what we give to our people. And so that's really helpful, kind of doing the grunt work. But the, the important thing to to note here is that you it doesn't have to be really expensive. Like, I get pissed off because there's a lot of people that just take advantage of wannabe authors. There's a lot of either book distribution companies or editors or book formatters or all these things that you think book and you think thousands of dollars, right? So you instantly think this is going to be expensive. So people have no idea and they just walk in and then they get taken advantage of, right? And it's just know that you can get all of this done for less than a thousand bucks. You can get your book formatted, you can get it edited, you can get a cover, you can get all of those things for less than a thousand bucks. And, and some of our people who are on a budget do it from 200 to 600 bucks. And we're not talking cheap work here. We're not talking crappy quality. Right. Um, we're not talking about like 10,000 word 
books or anything like that. We're talking like real books. So I would recommend outsourcing it, not doing it yourself because it, it probably won't be that good uh, if this is not like a major skill set that you have is design or any of those things. So those are some resources to find people. And then the best way to get your book printed, I think, especially if you're on a budget and just getting started is create space. For a second. I want to talk yep. about, I want to talk about the publishing side, but just to speak real quick to the design piece. I remember some of the best advice that I got from someone who said your self-published book shouldn't look self-published. Yes. Like it shouldn't look like, you know, you don't want to pick it up and be like, yeah, this is, this is someone's, you know, fourth grade nephew's project, you know, but you want it to feel like, no, no, like a legit publisher could have done this. Like you want to be able to flip through and then be confused almost as whether or not it was self-published or traditional published. It needs to look sharp. Like it needs to look like it would fit on the shelf of Barnes and Noble or, you know, whatever store, like it belongs there and not like something that you made in, you know, Microsoft paint. So yeah, just to like yes. hammer that home. Whether we like it or not, whether we want to acknowledge it or not, or admit it or not, people judge books by their covers. And so yes. you have to make things look sharp. You have to do things professionally. And oftentimes that means that you're paying for it, but there's going to be that return on investment of something looking sharp and being perceived as credible versus something that, you know, again, that looks that just looks like crap. So it's it's assumed then the inside of the book, the book content itself is crap as well, which may not be accurate. But yeah, so just wanted to go on that little tangent there. So yes. all right, carry carry on there. So how do I actually I, publish it unless you want to continue the rant? I was just going to say, I 100% agree that book cover is the best money that you'll spend. Don't cheap out on that. People judge books by their cover, and that is your first impression with people. Uh, so don't cheap out. Spend a couple hundred bucks at least. I'll let you in on a little secret. When people are browsing Amazon, there's a small, 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 small byline that says the publisher. And in fact, if you're listening right now, you've probably never even seen that because you don't care because you just scroll straight past it to look at the reviews. And so it's not in your face whether or not this is a published book or not. So it's all perception. And your book cover is the best way uh, to make it look like it's a published book because um, that's where people judge on its quality. And I'll give a shout out to Ida Fia Spinningson. She's our designer. She's done every book cover and every book that I've ever done, and she's amazing. She's awesome. But anyways, when you're looking to, to get your book printed, back to the question. We're getting back on track here. So when you're looking to get it printed, I like createspace.com. It's a division of Amazon. It's, it's what they call print on demand, which means when someone buys your book, they click the purchase button on Amazon, they print it. They ship it. They, they cover everything. They just send you a check. So you're not a one-man fulfillment center, which is just I would highly not recommend, which is printing all the books, sending them to your house. Everyone, every time someone orders, going to the post office or printing off a USPS label or something like that, like, do not do that, especially when you're just starting. I recommend print on demand because the quality is really, really high. It's remarkably high. I've printed some crazy books, like with some crazy intricate design and all this stuff, and they knocked it out of the park. And then you don't end up with a thousand books sitting in your garage or whatever. I mean, you can if you want, but well, and I can and I can speak to that personally in that we first self-published our book several years ago before Create Space was a thing, and and when the print-on-demand options were not good. And so what we would have to do is exactly what you described. So we would print, we would print anywhere from like two to 5,000 copies at a time. And so we would have literally two or three pallets of books taking up massive space in the garage. Right now, I still got a handful of cases left. My assistant has two pallets worth of books 
that have been paid for. There's, I mean, that's that's inventory that's just sitting there versus like what you described with CreateSpace being print on demand, meaning that if you have a speaking gig coming up and you think you're going to need 50 books, you can order just those 50 books to have shipped to, you know, have shipped to the event or to your house or whatever. And you can turn around and sell them at the event. So it's, it's a huge, huge difference versus what we've done in the past where we've got those physical books. It's a huge, huge difference. Now I'm curious because I haven't actually used CreateSpace. I know a few friends that have used it and I, th- I think I know the answer, but I'm not 100% sure. Whenever you're printing, are you getting, because I know the way we did it, the more you printed, the more, the better the price break that you got. You know, so if I wanted to get for around a buck a book, I would have to print thousands and thousands of copies, whereas it just didn't make sense to print 10 books through a traditional self-publishing printer. With CreateSpace, are you are you getting price breaks per the number of books that you're printing? Oh gosh, I don't think so. And there's not much of, of price breaks for bulk stuff. And that's why I would actually recommend you do CreateSpace. And then if you want to do a run of 1,000, 2,000 books, whatever, like you can do that. You can just find a printer and have them print them off and you'll probably get much better pricing options. So you pay for that convenience, but I mean, it pales in comparison. I think we're at... Depending on how many pages you have, it's like two fifty or something a book, and I think it's like three dollars and fifteen cent all in shipped to me and everything. So I mean, it's like okay, if you're talking a thousand books and you're printing those off, and so you might be saving what a dollar or two, you know, like that's a thousand or two thousand bucks, which in the grand scheme of things isn't a huge deal. If you know when you're selling them at ten bucks a pop, fifteen bucks a pop, or anything like that. But that being said, if you're very confident that you can sell out thousand, two thousand, three thousand, whatever, then it, then it might be worth your time to look around and find a better printing option. Well, and I would say too, just from a, a cash flow standpoint, of I know when we were printing them in bulk, that usually we would print enough that would last us honestly about a year. And so that means I'm paying for it on, you know, June 1st, and I'm not going to recoup that full investment for several Mm, months, you know, and even like today to this point, like I still have inventory sitting in, you know, two different locations, you know, it's, it's kind of a sunk cost until we actually sell that product and move that product versus like what you're describing where it's, it's more of a print on demand. So, so create space is the best option for that. And so once I begin to print them so I can list it on Amazon for me, basically, or how, how does that work with Amazon? Yes, yeah, so you submit it to through CreateSpace or and or through Kindle Direct Publishing. So that's for the Kindle side, and then CreateSpace for the hard copy side. And then it's listed on the site, and then you're selling within a couple of days. And it could give me a Kindle version as well. Yes, there's like an auto submit feature there. That's kind of eh. yeah. sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. It's like also publish on Kindle. I don't know. That's kind of hit or miss. So what I recommend doing is, is just having it formatted for Kindle and submitting it separately. Gotcha. Cool. Well, dude, we have just scratched the surface and, and I know there's a lot more we can go into, but in fact, you've got a, uh, like a killer summit coming up, the self-publishing success summit. Yep, exactly. Right? So talk, this is talk the... just about that. I know it's coming up really soon. So tell me about it. Yeah. So this is the second year that we've done it. Uh, last year was a huge success. It was just kind of an experiment. You know, how you try things and you, you, you're like, I hope people lo- will like this right. kind of like your first book. Sure. Kinda, you know, it's like walking out on stage naked and you're like, man, I hope people like what they see. <laughs> Right, so that is, I, that is one unique example. There. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of what it felt like last year, and you know, I was just blown away by the caliber of speakers that we were able to get. I mean, legends that I literally looked up to for all of my life were on the summit last year. We had over thirty thousand people sign up, uh, and it was a free summit. They watched, and it was really helpful. So we're doing it again this year. It's going to be bigger. It's going to be better. 
Um, we've got even better speakers. I mean, we got Grant Baldwin, so what's not to love there, which is going to be pretty amazing. But it's it's all about how to write, market, and publish your first book, and then how to use that book to build your business brand or following. So that's what it's about, and it's coming up real soon. The dates are top secret. Top secret. So, um, okay, so for people that aren't familiar with like a, what a summit is, it's all these speakers. Is this like an actual physical location? Do I have to travel and go somewhere? How does this, how, and you said it's free, like how does this all work? Yeah, so it's online. So you get, it, I'd like to think of it like a physical conference. And it's, you get all the perks of going to a physical conference, but maybe you've got kids, maybe you've got a day job, maybe you got something that keeps you from being able to travel pay for a flight, pay for a hotel and all those things. So you get the benefit of it, but by watching it online. And I know sometimes when you hear the word summit, you think this is kind of like this low budget thing that really sucks and the interviews aren't that good. But I can tell you that our summits are just on another level and, and that's what we get time and time again. So it's, it's still very, very high production value and I think you'll get a lot out of it. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. So again, like just to stress here, you're gonna have 30 different speakers, like high caliber, top notch speakers. And then somehow you're allowing me to play in the, in the sandbox as well. But then again, the whole thing is online. The whole thing is digital. So you don't have to travel anywhere. You can stay home, be in your PJs and still like really soak this in. And I, again, I, one of the best parts is that the whole thing's free. I mean, you can learn from 30 of the top speakers and people just in the industry about how to use, how to use a book for speaking gigs, for just selling more books, for coaching, for consulting to build your brand to build your platform and the whole training all 30 speakers is, is free so gonna be a lot of fun so if people want to register for that you can go to the speakerlab.com slash book the speakerlab.com slash book b-o-o-k make sure you do that again the speakerlab.com slash book i will uh email you i'll give you a heads up on the day that i will be presenting there so that you don't miss out on that gonna be a lot of fun so again the speakerlab.com slash book you're gonna want to be a part of that hey uh chandler if people want to find out more about you what you're up to self-publishing school all that jazz where can we go yep so just head on over to self-publishingschool.com we've got a blog over there tons of really helpful resources uh, and that's where i'm hanging out Beautiful. We will link that up in the show notes. So thanks for the time, brother. Appreciate you. Thanks, Grant. All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with my buddy uh, Chandler Bolt. Again, don't forget to register for the Self-Publishing Success Summit that's going to be happening in literally the next couple of days or so. You can register for that for free by going over to thespeakerlab.com slash book. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash book. It's going to be a lot of fun and uh, you're going to learn a ton from some of the world's best speakers and top known authors. And again, I don't know why I'm in there, but nonetheless, I snuck my way into the party and uh, excited to be sharing with you guys guys, all about how to use speaking to sell books. And so if you've got a book or if you've got a book in you that's got to come out, we'll talk about how you can use speaking to uh, to help with that. So again, register for that by going over to thespeakerlab.com slash book. All right, my friends, that wraps up episode 67. Yeah, we'll see you in a couple days. You're awesome. Awesome.